Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So I'll do some light guidance. And if you're feeling like a silent sit, obviously you can mute to turn the volume down and whichever works for you is fine. So finding a comfortable posture and allowing yourself to settle in. Soft gaze or eyes closed. And it's kind of that balance between having the posture upright, balance and yet relaxed and at ease. Just finding that sweet spot, finding the middle here. I always like to check of uh, seeing where the top of the head is, the very center of the head in relationship to the nose and the belly button, seeing if there's a line that you can, an imaginary line to the base of the spine. Grounded and centered. Just noticing the sounds coming and going in the room where you are. Noticing the coming and going of sounds, my voice, sounds outside your window, inside your home. And even the sound of silence between the words. And noticing any stress, tension, Tightness holding in the body, giving the heart, the mind and the body, the muscles, permission to relax and let go. Making this time a time of ease and relaxation.
noticing any tension in the forehead, any stress or holding, the muscles in the jaw around the mouth. The face can be a real source of tightness and tension. And if you like, on the in-breath, breathing in, soothing breath, energy. And on the exhale, relaxing these muscles of the face, the forehead, around the mouth, just softening and letting go. So breathing in energy, awakeness, presence. And on the exhale, releasing as best as you can and letting go, if it's possible. And bringing your awareness to the neck and the shoulders. Again, noticing any tightness, any tension, stress. And taking a few breaths here, releasing the shoulders, the arms, allowing the arms to drop down into the earth. Letting the whole muscular skeletal system just drop down. Allowing each breath to be a soothing breath. A breath with ease and comfort. And when the mind wanders away from the body, coming back with a gentle, kind awareness. And letting the chest soften and the belly. The pelvic area and the legs. giving this body, mind, and heart just a break, time for ease and softening. And if you like, find the breath and allow the breath to be an anchor. Wherever the breath is most clear for you this morning, it could be at the tip of the nostrils, the movement of the rib cage, The breath in the belly or abdomen, 
And it could be sensing the breath in the entire body from the toes to the top of the head and the top of the head down to the toes, holding awareness of the full body and breath together. Bringing the awareness to the breath, if you choose. And perhaps allowing this breath and sensing the quality of nurturing and soothing the nourishment of this breath. bringing oxygen to the whole body and sensing the rhythm and the flow of the breath. The soothing and rhythmic quality, much like the waves on the ocean. I'm seeing if you can just rest in the flow of the breath, the movement of the breath. And if there's a body sensation, a sound or thought that becomes more prominent, allowing the sensation with mindfulness, just knowing, noticing, touching in, even naming. Perhaps even seeing the impermanence of sensations, thoughts, sounds. And returning to the breath as an anchor.
fully knowing the inhale and fully knowing the exhale.
And if the mind wanders, bringing in a compassion, a kindness. And coming back to the breath.
for the last few minutes of our sit, if you would like to move to a loving kindness meditation this morning. Calling up a benefactor, someone who's given much to you, who cares for you, who's been generous or wise. And this could be a pet, an animal, a spiritual figure, an author, a deity. And holding this being in your mind's eye, either visually or just with a felt sense of care. And silently repeating the phrases from the heart as if this energy of loving kindness was radiating from the center of the chest outwardly to this being. May you be safe. May you be free of harm. May you be happy. May you have peace. And adding yourself in this circle of caring, of loving kindness, you, the benefactor, it could be you at a young age, or the you sitting here now and feeling into this shared space of caring. May you and I be safe. May you and I be free of harm. May you and I be loved and cared for. You and I have peace and ease. And allowing this felt sense of love and kindness to radiate from the heart outward. Who are spiritual friends? Those are here and not here. May my Dharma friends in this sit have peace. May I have peace. 
Do my Dharma friends have ease? And may I have ease. May my Dharma friends be happy and may I have happiness. May my dear friends be safe. May my dear friends, myself, and all beings be free of suffering. Allowing these wishes of kindness and caring, love, fill the entire body, the field, from head to toe. Filling the cells, the musculature, the fluids, the heart and mind, and filling the room you're in. And everyone on this screen and all beings, allowing this love and caring to just be a field, a field without a self for a moment, arising as a field of love. And when you're ready, you can fully open your eyes. So welcome everyone. Good to see you all. We've had some beautiful rain and clouds and clear skies. It's been a beautiful weekend here. At the end of the sit, if you're able to stay, um, I'd like to take some ideas and suggestions for an in-person gathering on a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon for those of us who are here in uh, the Long Beach area. So if you're able to stay a little bit just to get some feedback and ideas or maybe a date, that would be great. Um, but I wanna go to the topic, take a breath or two. Allow yourself to transition from the meditation. 
The topic for today is our mindfulness practice and how we embrace difficult emotions and difficult mind states. And I love when I pick a topic uh, out of the blue and then it has such meaning or relevance and it really is the topic for this being. This morning at 7.30, I um, was able to attend a dear friend's daughter's wedding. as a friend from 40 years. And uh, the wedding was in Israel at 7.30 this morning. And um, the bitter, strong emotions of not being able to be there in person with my dear friend at this moment in Israel was so bittersweet. The loss, the pain, the sorrow, the joy, every emotion was present as I cried through watching this. Um, all the traditions from my family, you know, sub um, uh, traditional wedding, Jewish Orthodox wedding, and those are my roots. And so that coming up of the old days and the, the people who are gone and who carried that tradition, the joy and the bittersweet and the tinge for those who are able to go during the pandemic. So the topic was timely, really touched me in a deep way. And, um, you know, our mindfulness practice, really, we say in Buddhism, we're going against the stream. That we're taught in our mindfulness practice to, um, to move towards pain with compassion and kindness and awareness and wisdom to embrace it. Um, and it's the opposite of how we're hardwired we kind of run, reject, push away pain, and we move towards the pleasant. So in our mindfulness practice, we're going against the stream. We're embracing and cultivating a practice where we're willing to be with what is painful and to open to it in a way that brings wisdom, a deeper sense of presence, and even a kind of bittersweet joy. Um, and we're working on always getting out of the comfort zone and even expanding the comfort zone into a discomfort zone um, and uh, to shed the way that we protect ourselves from feeling and being with the truth of the way things are. Tarbrock calls this shedding the spacesuit. <laughs> our defenses. And I love that image of the spacesuit. It's said uh, by many writers that the root of all fear is the fear of our strong emotions. And while I don't completely agree with that sentence, there is some truth that very often we fear the, the emotional reaction to an event even more than the event. And sometimes it's even more difficult to deal with the emotional reaction than the event itself. So when we learn to embrace the strong emotion, we actually become more skillful with the difficult event. And I know that to be true. So uh, 
traditionally, all of us have worked and we're all aware of the RAIN acronym that Tara Brock teaches. And before her, it was Michelle McDonald and many, many teachers in the um, mindfulness lineage, the Vipassana have taught this acronym RAIN. And I wanted to go through it with you today with a little more depth and touching into um, some of it a little more deeply. So the R for RAIN is to recognize, right? Recognize what's going on, just dropping in and knowing what's happening in the moment, right? The next one is accept, opening to and allowing. And we'll go through this a little deeper. The third is investigate. And this part in Vipassana practice, I feel is um, not worked with enough. So I wanna go a little deeper into what does investigate mean and why is this an important piece of practice? And the end is to nurture, which is what we did at the end of our practice was to bring in a benefactor and feel the loving kindness, to nurture with loving kindness and compassion hold ourselves with warmth with what is arising. Um, there's a meditation teacher who, um, and, and I think this comes from Thich Nhat Hanh as well, where, you know, um, if you think about a house, it's maybe a house in um, Montana where Sandy is, or the East Coast, we, in California, we don't have many homes with basements, I notice, um, but back East, your home has a basement. And it's like in the mind, we store all of these emotions and tendencies uh, in the back of the mind. You know, fear is there, anxiety, jealousy, shame, grief, anger, rage, and also loving kindness, generosity, um, joy, happiness, sharing, love, compassion. That's all stored there too. All the seeds of goodness and the seeds of skillful action and kindness in the world and the seeds of the difficult emotions, those shadowy things we like to hide quite a bit. Well, they're all kind of stored in the basement and every once in a while uh, an event happens and one of these tendencies comes up from the basement into the living room, you know, the visitor, right? And um, mindfulness is sort of like um, the good parent in the living room. It, it notices there's a visitor um, and uh, responds appropriately. So it's like uh, with mindfulness, there's adult supervision in the living room. And then you think about a living room filled with little, little ones without an adult supervision and a living room filled with the appropriate parent there um, guarding and watching. And this is the role of the mindfulness when we have the difficult emotion of the visitor. So the recognize um, is that you're recognizing what's here, pleasant, unpleasant, um, and, and we catch it. We're not a victim to it, um, but we catch it before we're reacting or pushing it away. 
or suppressing it. So on one hand, sometimes we're acting it out. On the other hand, sometimes we're suppressing it and shoving it down. And with mindfulness, with the recognize, we're not doing either. You know, we're knowing that it's here. We're responding and not reacting. And that's a pretty big deal. Even you think about it, if we just have that down, we're, we're really on the uh, enlightenment path of, to freedom. There's more freedom. So um, we're not pushing it away and we're not denying it. And, and so um, this is where I want to go to the accept in the rain um, and stay here a little bit more because it seems to me the emotion when we ask really, what does this emotion want? Well, allow is the next part, right? Accept, allow. But there's another piece to this. I would almost put in another vowel, which is embrace. Because that emotion, no matter what it is, it doesn't want to be pushed away. It doesn't want to be rejected. It wants to be known. It's got a wisdom right there in the center of it, no matter how dark or ugly it is. And a couple of times this month, I've experienced intense jealousy. Well, I'm not supposed to have jealousy. You know, you're a Dharma teacher. You've been meditating for a million years and doing all the spiritual work and evolved and whoa, pangs of jealousy. Even this morning, you know, I didn't get to go on a plane to Israel to be at this beautiful, beautiful wedding that I really wanted to be at. I was jealous, man, of those people who are sitting there. I want to be at a celebration and a wedding, and, and this is a pandemic, and I don't get to get on that plane around the world, you know, for whatever reason, right? And so very often something like jealousy we think right away, I shouldn't be feeling this or how petty of me, or um, I just don't like the fact that I have this. It doesn't make me have a good self image. And we wanna swat it away. We wanna shove it aside very quickly. Um, even, you know, the petty annoyance when sometimes we get, we get so enraged over a very small thing and we don't wanna acknowledge how irritated we are sometimes. It doesn't look good for our self-image. But um, the other thing is some of the even more difficult things that stay in the basement, like shame or inadequacy or I'm not enough. Um, you know, those very difficult emotions, the deeper traumas, the huge vulnerability from some of the old traumas. And some of our traumas are not even ours. They're from our parents and grandparents and ancestors, right? There's lots of stuff in that basement to deal with. But with the embrace, it's a reminder. It's not just accept or allow, it's allow and embrace. Because if we can embrace what arises, no matter how dark that it is, or I would like to say egotistonic, something we don't like or want or see a part of ourselves like jealousy or rage, you know, um, if we can embrace it with that warmth of compassion and loving kindness, like with a good mother or a grandmother, I would say, like, I got you and I'm going to hold you 
like I would hold a crying baby or a crying toddler, a crying child with that same warmth and compassion that the mindfulness doesn't judge or push away. Um, we release the resistance to it. Then there's the chance for insight to arise, for a deeper knowing, for being here, um, and less stress in the body. And sometimes we're carrying around this pushing away of emotion. It, it comes in muscle tension and tightness, in a gripping, in a gripping of life. And I experienced this a couple of weeks ago um, with uh, a early morning phone call back east. And we, we, my friend and I, we had this long conversation, mostly around professional issues and work issues. And at the end, she kind of just dropped something very painful that was going on in her family. And I just was so stunned and shocked by this news and that she hadn't talked about it throughout the time we were conversing, that it was sort of just shoved aside. And then at the last minute, oh yeah, and by the way, boom, something very difficult in her family, the family dynamic. And so uh, I was caught off guard and we hung up the phone. It was such an interesting moment because with the mindfulness present, like uh, the good mother in the living room, there was a point where I could see that my body, heart, and mind was in much more distress than I acknowledged and knew. I was trying to get on with my day, early morning. Okay, what's next? What's next? What has to be done? What has to be done? But the mindfulness, like the good mother in the living room could find that tenderness and vulnerability and the fear for this family and really sit in compassion with the nervous system that got the shock and the tightness, the muscle tension that came with it and really be present for it until it could dissolve a bit. And the knowing that maybe some old history and material was arising with hearing this news, that there was some projection going on of some old stuff, maybe even stuff that wasn't even mine, that might have been in a, my own family history, the, the roots of some earlier suffering. But it's that parent in the room that says, the, I embrace, not just I accept, but I embrace like a mother with a child, a mother with the crying baby, so that the most vulnerable things can surface and be known and work through. Um, so I wanna talk about um, the next part of this acronym RAIN is investigate. And another way of saying investigate is also to say inquire. And inquiry is, inquiring and investigation is part of um, the Dharma. It's part of mindfulness. It's in the seven factors of awakening and it's in other parts of the Buddha Dharma. But it's, we focus more on concentration, on you know, mindfulness in general, and loving kindness. We don't pause enough around inquire 
and investigate. And there's a lot of skill building around that. A lot of skill building around that, a lot of important material. And some of the, um, the Buddha talked a lot about bringing energy and interest to what is really going on in here. You know, energy and interest shining the light within. And I know Adyashanti and um, Almas, uh, Hamid Ali, some of the great spiritual teachers of our time, they're really emphasizing inquiry. Even Gabor Mate has brought a form of this in to the work that he does. So there's a lot of gold to mine here with what is inquiry, what is investigate. And um, we'll play with that a little bit. It's like um, with these, there are certain patterns of tension and difficult emotions that come up over and over and over again. They're a pattern, they're a habit for us and we all have them, a trap we fall into. And if you close your eyes for a minute and just give yourself a couple of moments, you will easily come up with one. I think I saw something in social media, like a meme that said, it's two o'clock in the morning and I finally figured out how to answer that snarky comment in you know 2017, right? Like, you know how we go back to um, a difficult conversation, a difficult personality, a difficult time, a time that gives us anger or frustration. We weren't heard, we weren't seen, we weren't valued, we weren't treated nicely. And our mind goes right back there and has these dialogues again. It holds the emotion, it holds the trauma. I've had many conversations that I've never had in those moments. You know, where I just find my mind chattering away and responding to this person, you know, in space. And this person could really care less over, you know, but this is a pattern that we have. And so this investigation, this inquiry, can really come in and be helpful with these, I like to say thought clusters or patterns of thought, thought bombs, I wanna say, that really constrict the body and mind and keep us stuck in either anger, shame, regret, depression, fatigue, or just a self image that is inadequate a belief system, you know, a resentment, the resentment that kind of dulls and deadens us inside that really sucks us dry. Like you could be having this beautiful day and the sky is beautiful and the coffee was sweet and it's peaceful. And then this mind cluster comes in like a thunderstorm and pulls the energy down. And very often it's around things we really can't change and people we can't change, events we can't change, um, but we're caught. So um, I'm going back to some of Tara Brock's work in case you want to know where this is referencing from. So um, this, this thought pattern blocks presence, being in the moment and being fully awake and here embodied. And this appreciative joy, this joy of being, it also blocks insight in a certain way and wisdom and knowing because you're falling into that pattern and falling into the rut. So, so we want to wake up from that habitual dialogue 
and you know that dialogue that you you just hear the mind going da 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 and da 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 and it's just talking and talking and talking storytelling storytelling and more storytelling and more storytelling and yet we think the storytelling and the problem solving is going to give us the insight and the wisdom and it doesn't it just keeps us stuck in an image and stuck in um, the story. And Tara Brock, Brock likes to say that when that happens, we're lost in the trance of thinking. It's often fear-based and self-centered. We're trying to hold on to a self. And the story, as we said, it runs like a commercial, an annoying commercial over and over. I think of like, the insurance commercials that are constantly going, you know, like you've heard them a million times, it's got that quality. Um, and it blocks a deeper presence of beingness, the truth. And so when we open to inquiry, we actually open to holding this thought pattern, this self-concept and fear, like as in a wider sky, a wider awareness, and we're willing to maybe entertain don't know mind. Um, that thought here is not really an answer, although thoughts sometimes are, and many times are, we need thinking, but that we, we, we step back, and then we say the backward step, to a don't know mind and we open to not knowing. And maybe in that moment, we could feel the vastness of the sky, the vastness of being holding this tightness of a self-concept. So what we're doing is we're engaging in three things here. One is don't know mind. We're taking a backward step and being willing to drop the thought into a deep pause of just being, right? And the other is we're bringing interest and intention to know the truth, to know the truth of the way things are because we love the truth, that, that path to wisdom. And we look for a moment into, um, what is the core belief here? Is it a belief of inadequacy or shame? Um, how does this live in the body? What's going on in my body? What are the patterns of tensions or the felt sense of the body? So that we're really having this embodiment experience in the present moment. Um, and who is it that I take myself to be? How do I hold myself in this moment? Um, so I want to, um, let's see. And also, what is it that this emotion needs right now, or this feeling or this thought? Like, does it need compassion and holding embrace? Does it need to be known? Most of the time, it just needs not to be rejected. Does, do we need kindness in the moment? Um, and can we let go of the story and the limiting belief? 
So what I'd like to do is practice a little bit of the rain with you. Take a breath, take a moment, and we'll do a short meditation. And then maybe we'll have time for discussion or a breakout room. Yeah. So closing your eyes, a soft gaze, whatever works best for you. And calling to mind a difficult emotion, situation, conversation, pattern, and not the most traumatic and not the hardest because there isn't time to hold all that. Something that fits our space and time together. And just going back in the mind's eye, if you're a visualizer, visualizing this moment in your body and mind, the person, the situation, or a felt sense of it. And noticing just the impact on the physicality, the musculature in the body. And so um, we're going to just take a moment in our pause to recognize What's here? What is here? We can name the emotion. Is there vulnerability or fear? Is it a thought or a story about ourselves that we tell ourselves? Are we taking ourselves to be less than, more than? Is it a judgment or an evaluation of ourselves or another that's contracting our heart? We're recognizing who and what came up from the basement into the living room. And using this mindfulness, like a loving parent or a grandparent, can we bring the mindfulness in loving kindness to accept and embrace whatever has shown itself here? It could be an anger or a grief, jealousy or envy, a fear or an old belief, worry or anxiety. With mindfulness and loving intention, can I hold this vulnerability, this crying baby, or this crying child, or just the pain of humanity? Can I metaphorically put my arms around this and hold?
And as I investigate, as I inquire, noticing the feelings in the body, what this emotion wants to tell me, wants me to know. Maybe there's a old belief or a limiting belief of who I take myself to be or a fear about myself and questioning, is this belief, this fear, is it true? Is it really true? How do I know it's true? And who would I be if this, if this idea wasn't here or this thought, this evaluation or judgment, this pattern, what would it be like if it let go? taking a few breaths here. Allowing the awareness to be like a light, a light that shines within to the truth of what's here now. It's not problem solving or thinking or storytelling. It's just what's here now arising in this moment. And then the end for nurture. Can I bring kindness and compassion? to this suffering, this momentary suffering, knowing that all beings suffer just like this. All beings know this suffering and many, many, many beings are suffering just the same in this way. And can I nurture with kindness and compassion, warmth and caring? Releasing, wanting it to be any other way that it is or wanting myself to be any other way than it is right now. And when you're ready, you can slowly open your eyes and come back to the room.
So would this be a good time to do a breakout room or would you like to stay together to have some dialogue? So who would prefer breakout room? You can raise your hand. Okay, that sounds good. So maybe Don, would you like to put us in breakout rooms? Yes. Uh, we have a few, uh, we had a few stay together. My apologies, I didn't see that. Okay, we'll do the breakout. We haven't done that for a while. I haven't done that for a while, so. Okay, I I guess we're all back. Uh, yeah. Anybody who would like to share something from the group or have a question? Right, I'll share something. Um, yeah. I was just sharing this at the end um, because one of our group members uh, expressed. I think we we all expressed a, a little a little problem in the area of investigation and some people preferred the word inquiry. Um, and, you know, my thoughts were, well, that's, that's a little bit tricky because you can go down a psychological rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but somebody asked like, what, you know, do you have any ideas about uh, what you could ask or what, you know, what in the, in the inquiry phase? And it just happened to occur to me that, um, Kara last week talked about the triangle of awareness. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, uh, so I'm wondering what you think about this, but, um, you know, especially if something feels, feels kind of big and complex as to maybe inquire about its parts, like how does this feel in the body? Um, you know, what kind of feel, what, what kind of feelings are here? What, what's the, what's the, What's the mind like right now? What's the state of the mind, or what are what are what are the thoughts like? Um, and I don't know. Maybe maybe a response to that, but also if you could just provide a little more input on the inquiry, the inquiry phase, and what. Well, there's inquiry where you are having a pause and you're just asking yourself, "What's here right now?" And it's good to to do that triangle, which is what's what are the sensations in the body, what are the emotions that are arising, and what are the thoughts. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a therapy session where you're going into this is my history and this is my trauma. You know, but more in the present awareness, what's arising right now, what's here now, with a mind that doesn't know, that doesn't have an answer but just waits to see what arises and, you know, whatever imagery comes up or thought or um, uh, emotion that, you know, we let ourselves kind of follow it or feel it's arising and to stay with it because there's truth there. There's something to be known, something to be had um, there. And to just be with it in that embracing, holding way of awareness. So um, we were talking about our group. You could just ask one question. What's here now? Or who do I take myself to be? 
or you know what is the belief that's here right now or what does this emotion want me to know um um hi i i find for myself um in order not to get caught up in um the thoughts or you know um get get diverted so that i'm just really continuing this the same I'm continuing the problem rather than um, I find that I it's always helpful for me to start with what you know what am I feeling in my body right now that's the best question for me to start with because then that that um, sort of removes the even the emotion and the and the thoughts as the starting point and I find that I can get somewhere more I can get a better sense of the emotions and the thoughts if I start with you know, where, what am I feeling in my body? And then also if I journal it, that'll, that'll sometimes be really a helpful way to, for me to, to, to just sort of pause and start there. And it, then that inquiry becomes more um, meaningful, I think, for me. Thank you. Yeah, that's a really great um, advice is to stay with the body so it is embodied. And, you know, you're, you're really experiencing the sensations of the body as a gateway into deeper insight. And you can use the journaling also. Anyone else? Yeah, I, was, I guess what came up when I was watching this was the degree to which I cram my life so full but I don't have to do any of this <laughs> so um I you know it's just kind of a you know it was, it was an interesting reminder of reflecting on how many things are going on and what it's costing you know um wasn't even sure I was when I saw you were doing rain when I came on I I you know I have had it you know a slide of it in my curriculum. I, I, I'm very familiar, but um, I don't do it. So um, it's just kind of an interesting, you know, reminder that I have way too much going on and figure out what to do about that or not to do or something. My guess is with RAIN that very often a lot of us who are in practice, we're not stopping and going, okay, RAIN, R-A-I-N, but we're doing it. It's like if you have a pause and you say what's here and you sense and feel your body and find an emotion or you're not reacting, but you're, pro you know, you're sensing and feeling internally, you're doing rain. You may not be naming it, but you're doing it. So, it's, yeah. it's more like, you know, I, I, maybe I'll flit over it, but if there's mm -hmm. anything that, you know, we we're talking about long-term things that are that we're struggling with. I had something that's been going on for about six weeks now and, it's, um, you know, it, I just, and I know, I observe the different aspects that I investigate and, and such, but um, it's not really, you know, I mean, I guess it's dissipated, you know, maybe out of exhaustion, but I don't know about anything else. So anyway, it's just kind of interesting. Thanks, though. I like your point, though, when we get so busy that we're not pausing for awareness. It's a very easy trap to fall into. 
And, and it, it, just remembering to pause is the, makes a big difference. It yeah, really does. Yeah. More than, you know, it's like this, being able to somehow stick with the pause or something that I guess that's more, more for me where I'm, you know, deficient. Yes, yes, something to remember. Well, thank you all for your beautiful presence and being here. It's a pleasure. It's good to see all of you and sit with you and hoping one day soon it can be in person and hoping for that. And um, yeah, you have ideas, suggestions, just send me a blast and we'll see you all again soon. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.